The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. We're in a series at the moment. If you've been around the last couple of weeks, if you've been watching online, you know we're in a four-part series which we are looking at the things that the Holy Spirit has, has taught us, has highlighted in our lives, has brought to our attention, um, yeah, has revealed or, or, or is underlined or there's been something in our lives that God has pulled us up short and said, you need to understand this. And it's an opportunity for myself and the, and the others just to come and say, well, it, it was this or it was that. And uh, when you're asked to do that, it's not, oh, I know what I'm going to talk about. You know, you have to think, don't you? You, you, you journey with the Lord and you think, what is it I'm going to talk about? And uh, I make no excuses this morning, but I'm going to talk to you about the Word of God. Oh, we've heard about the Word of God, you say. But it really, I'm going to sort of like give you a testimony. I don't normally do this, but I just think I'd like to. And, and it's because it is a journey. It is a journey. And uh, I think there's some things, well, certainly there's some things that I've learned from it, and I'd like to try to encourage you in it as well. Um, you'll have heard from when uh, Yomi stood up here a couple of weeks ago that this series was originally going to record revelations from reading the Word, the Word of God. And then we thought, well, let's give us a bigger scope. Let's talk about you know, things revealed by the Holy Spirit. But it is the Word of God, as I say, that I want to speak to you about this morning. And... Um, I guess what I want to say straight off is this. I do not stand here in any shape or form this morning saying I've got it all together in reading the Word of God in any other Christian sort of part of the walk of my life with the Lord Jesus. I've not got it all together in any part of my life for that matter. And there's one person sitting in this room you can come and have a word with, and that's Jan, my wife, who will verify that and underline it. I do not have it all together in any part of my life. But I want to encourage you. I want to be here this morning and encourage you. The Bible is, of course, a spiritual book. Of course you know that. It's a spiritual book. And the thing that, that, that amazes me is it doesn't matter how well you've studied it, how long you've looked at it, how well you know its pages. It will always speak to you. It will always reveal to you. It will always give you something new. Even in those parts that you go, got it, know that, understand that, we've studied that, it will always speak to us because it is a beautiful, living word. And I say the objective of my talk this morning, the objective of this series, is somehow in each way to encourage you, to inspire you, and for you to say, yeah, yeah, um, I pick that up. And I want to talk to you, as I say, about this unique, this wonderful, this exceptional book. I think the first thing we've got to ask ourselves if we ever talk about the Bible, why? Why do we have to read the Bible? Why indeed should I read the Bible. And in, in, in one sense, if you've been saved by the Lord, if you know what it is to be in faith in Jesus Christ, if you've given your heart to him, you've known the fellowship somehow in some shape or form with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you would say, well, of course. Why wouldn't you? Of course you must go to the Word. But I know, because I've been there, and I know that you are in the same position, is that ain't always so straightforward. That's not always so easy. 
at least to say reading regularly, or picking it up on a daily basis. That's to say venturing further than the few Gospels or into the more meatier sections of the word. We tend to drawn, aren't we, to the things that we know or that we love most in this word. But I think the first thing I want to say is we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged in this because Paul says that the word of God, the Bible, or scripture, is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. What that means to say is when people say, oh, it's just a collection of writings of people who bring the, their wisdom to pass, etc. It's, well, it's right. It is written by all sorts of people. But it's God-breathed by the Spirit. God-breathed. And, and, and you, you will remember that the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, is called the Ruach of God. I've spoken about this before. The Ruach of God. It's expressed the breath of God. And right at the beginning of the Bible, we see God breathing into the frame of Adam to breathe life into him. The breath of God goes into Adam. At the very toward the end of the Bible, the end of Jesus' ministry, on the night that he is, he's, he's, he, the night before he's crucified, he breathes the breath of God on the ho- and says to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. And there's lots of reference to the breath of God. He says... Paul, as he writes to his, 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 his young, his young uh, supporter Timothy, he says into Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Okay? He also says that all scripture is inspired and blessed by the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, he writes to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 2.13, it says, this is what we speak Not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Now, the Bible may be old. It is old. It's very old. But praise God, God never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? He doesn't change. He is always the same. And do you know what? Neither does human nature. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. Look at the world today. See what we're doing out there. And then roll the clock. Human nature does not change. On a personal level, on a national level, on an international level, we see its hallmarks. In fact, the Bible tells us. Solomon writes in in his book, Ecclesiastes, in in chapter 1, verse 9. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new. Under the sun, he says. So if God is unchanging and human nature is unchanging, it follows that this beautiful word of God is always relevant. It's always applicable. It always teaches. It always reveals. It always speaks to us because it's unchanging. And we need to be really encouraged in that. If we seek to live lives that honor God and we want to live our lives in the fullness of this calling... To be in what, what, what Yomi spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about being that universal will of God, being within, as it were, those parameters of living for the Lord, then we need this word. We've got to read it. We've got to listen. We've got to apply it. We've got to absorb it. We've got to discuss it. We've got to live it. And that's, that's the mandate we have. You know, whatever I read, whatever you read, 
influences you. So if I'm into a certain author or a certain subject, and I like certain authors on that subject, we get into that way of that thinking of that author, don't we? We, we, It has an effect, an impact upon our lives. When I turn on the telly, what I watch is going to have an effect, an impact on me. Now, that impact can be good, but it can be bad. If I'm watching the wrong thing, it can have the wrong influence over my life. But if we commit to this book, if we commit to this book, then it has an influence for good. Because the Bible reveals God's character to begin with. It teaches us that he's holy. It teaches us that he's faithful. It teaches us that he's loving. It teaches us that he's gracious. It's teaching us that the Lord, our God, as I say, is ever unchanging, if that makes sense. So as we read and as we put ourselves in the way of God-breathed scripture, this God-breathed scripture, daily feeding our spirits, our minds, what we do, we grow. We grow spiritually. We gain greater understanding We develop a character, we get knowledge, yes, but we obtain wisdom. As we obtain wisdom, we receive greater revelation of what the word is teaching to us, and in that, we grow in faith, we grow in our worship, and we grow in love. The greatest of these is love. Now, let me say, It is good that we as Christians, that as we as people of faith, absorb ourselves in good Christian books, of which there is a plethora of Christian good books to be looked at. It's good to read, and it's good to watch Christian TV, it's good to listen to Christian radio, it's good to listen to Christian podcasts. But if we do all those things, but we not coming to the pure word of God, then we are doing ourselves an injustice, and we are lacking. We shouldn't ignore God's word. Anyway, so what, that's all by way of an introduction. What about me? Um, well, as I say, I'd just like to tell you something about my journey, because I came to faith at the age of 27, so you don't need the mind of, uh, of, of, of some great learned person or mathematician, let alone Albert Einstein, to work out that was a long while ago, a long while ago. But from that very first day that I gave my life to Jesus, I was encouraged to read the Word. Why wouldn't you be? We're all encouraged to read the Word. Back then, I didn't have a Bible of my own. I didn't come from that sort of background. The only Bible that I had was a little black hardback volume of the King James Version that my dear aunt, my uh, uh, godmother as well, had presented to my parents, therefore to me, when I was christened as a child. It uh, was on the shelf and never been looked at, sort of thing. And so I was really moved. I was really touched when a young guy at Biggin Hill Christian Fellowship, as we were worshiping at then, and that's what it was called back in the day, present, came up to me one day and presented me with a Bible, a new Bible. He said, I'd just like to gift this to you as a young Christian. And I was so moved, I was so touched. It was a, it was a, it was a copy of the, the NIV, the New International Version Bible, and he gave it to me. And I know that guy didn't have much money. I know that he did not have much money, but he still wanted to gift this to me. Now, I still have it. I, 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 it was my first one, much loved. I'll tell you a bit more about it in a second. Um, it's a bit heavily thumbed and well-worn, so very much like its owner. <laughs> But it's still a very cherished Bible. And as a young Christian, I struggled with it. I struggled with it. I thought, 
I found that I was quickly distracted. Not to say I'm not distracted these days, but I was quickly distracted. I I thought if I occasionally read a scripture or two uh, on a really good day, read a chapter, then wow, was I pressing in. Um, And of course, I was always reading the New Testament, because that's where all the good stuff is, isn't it? Um, And so that was my experience, such as it was. Um, Anyway, I started to realize and see that it was uncovering some beautiful truths. Why, Why would it not? These verses were speaking to me. But, but, of course, not having any experience, I could never find my way back to them. You know, if I'd read something that impacted me and I thought, oh, I want to talk about that with someone, oh, where was it? I don't know, flick, flick, flick. And someone said, use a highlighter. <laughs> use a highlighter. I said, what? This is the holy word of God. I can't use a highlighter. It's not a textbook. And they said, well, yeah, it's a great way. Just underline the things that speak to you. And, of course, then when you flip back, you get to see where it was. Um, well, I did keep my yellow highlighter by me, and I started to make some, some, some under- tentatively underlinings, thinking, well, that's there for all time if I got this wrong, but how can it be wrong? You know what I mean? So I underlined it. But, of course, I started to realize that it's not only, sort of, say, things of encouragement. There's things of warning. There's things of great biblical doctrinal truths that are spoken. And there was a yellow Yellow, yellow, no, that's not. So I started to expand my system. So I had a, a red for warning and a yellow for great doctrinal truths and, 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 and green for things, of, scripture that encourages me as an individual or whatever. And so within my new system in place, I decided to go for broke. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through the entire, wait for it, New Testament <laughs> and underline some things. And so I did, and with some sort of very unimpressive timescale, must have been, no, it's not even, I was going to say weeks, it was months, I sort of made my way through, slowly, bit by bit, marking bits and things. Um, anyway, I, 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 I did it in the end. I, I was rather impressed with myself, because you flip back and you think, ooh, all those coloured markings, I can find things to certain places and whatever else. So I decided, right, I've got a system. Now I know that I can do this. I'm going to expand it again. And I thought, I'm going to do a little bit of the Old Testament. And so I thought, well, hold on a minute. I don't want to do the whole of the New Old Testament. I'll just dip into some books, some of the books that are more familiar. And then when I sort of marked up a page or whatever in, the, in a book of the Old Testament, I went straight back to the New again. I was back to the safe haven of the New Testament. And so little by little did I, did I do this. But anyway, what I realized as I was reading, I, I, there was a, it struck me that the Old Testament had some very interesting things to say. Really did have some, some great things to say. And I found that it wasn't as daunting as I thought it was going to be. Oh, I, yeah, I wasn't underlining as much as I was in the New Testament. I wasn't sort of, oh, I've got to get that, I've got to get that. Um, but but I, I was loving it. I was finding, you know, reading about Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and, 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 and the Israelite nation being set apart for God. And then, you know, the lives of Moses, the lives of David, all those judges, some wacky judges, some wacky kings and everything. Anyway, it was interesting. But I was still only reading a book here and a book there and only a little bit of that book. Not, not, not a great section every day. But I've got to say here, as a little bit of an aside, do read, but read at an appropriate time of the day. Okay, this makes abundant sense, doesn't it? Don't read at the end of oh, I haven't read, I haven't done anything. End of the day, oh, I better read something so I can effectively put a tick in the box, not that anyone other than you is worried about that. But you find what happens at the end of the day is that you don't remember what you read. 
You don't, really, you don't remember the read. And the Bible is a, a weighty book in more ways than one. When it falls on your face, when your arms give way in the bed, and it boom, fits you on the face. And it's done that so many times to me. So don't do that. And, and anyway, I'm going to give you a little bit of too much information here. I was doing that once, not in bed. I was sitting at the late of an evening. I was reading my Bible at um, the table. Jan was out somewhere. And I was reading like this. And my head, the thump. And I went to sleep on the Bible. I fell asleep on the pages. That I tell you exactly where it is. It's in a little section of Mark, chapter 6 of Mark. Why do I know that? Because the resulting drool <laughs> dissolved the page. <laughs> and I woke up with my face top to the page. And so it's an enduring reminder, you don't read when you're tired, okay? That was a long while ago. Don't read while you're tired, because it doesn't do you any good. You might as well, no, don't do that. Um, as I say, many people will say, anyway, and you've heard it outside the walls of this church and every other church, the Bible is a great cure for insomnia. Um, but, you know, it's true. It's sort of true in part. Because if you read at the wrong time of the day, it does make you weary. You feel soporific. You feel like, oh, I've got to go to bed. Why is that? I tell you what, I can sit there and watch TV, good films, back to back. I can binge watch a series and be focused on the TV. I can look at my phone. I can go through Instagram. I can do that. No worries. Open the Bible. It's true, isn't it? It's true. And there's many reasons why that might be the case. And I say reading at the wrong time of the day is certainly one reason. Another reason is you can slightly, you can be under the weather, you can be feeling a bit, you know, out of sorts, and that can sort of throw you off. But we've got to remember this. When we pick our Bibles up, we are in a spiritual battle. And you can't give it a risk, Kevin. I'm picking up a Bible to read. What do you mean spiritual conflict? But it does actually underline this, and it says so. Paul says this when he writes to the Romans. He says, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Now, you've heard that scripture, and you think, well, still, why is this a problem? Because the enemy knows that every time you pick up that word, every time you're feeding your faith, you're, you're putting yourselves in the way of being equipped, you are reading about your status as a son or a daughter of God. You're reading about what God is like in his relationship with you. You're receiving a fresh revelation or an underlying uh, revelation about scripture or something. It is feeding you, okay? Even if you don't actually think about it there and then. The enemy doesn't want that. So what does he feel tired, feel sleepy, not the right time for me. Think I'll just push that aside and give it a go some other time. Um, obviously, the way that we combat that, of course, is by reading the Bible when we're alert. Whatever time of the day that might suit you, it's when we are alert. But, but, but let me encourage you with this also. Pray before you read. Every single time, you do not start reading without praying first. God, speak to me. Lord, keep me teachable. Lord, reveal to me, I'm tired, I'm weary, even if it's in an appropriate but teach me, I want to learn from you. Pray every time. It keeps us focused. And, and sometimes, I'll tell you what I do, I, I, I declare things out loud. It's almost like a, I prophesy over myself sort of thing. And I really encourage you because I found this very helpful. So what I do is, is take some scripture, a familiar scripture, and I'm not quoting necessarily the scripture, but I use it as a statement. 
And I, I think we might have a few that, that, that we can put up here uh, at the moment. But things like, Jesus, I am sanctified by the truth. God's word is truth. Speak to me. Based on John 7, 17. Declare, Jesus declares that if I read the word, that I will know the truth and the truth will set me free. Okay? Um, things like the word has said, I must keep God's word in my sight and in my heart. And things like, I will abide in the vine where Jesus has asked me to be. These are declarations you can make over yourself. And it paves the way for you to receive more. You can use other statements. You can use anything. But coming back to my story, when I, I finally decided, look, I've got to go for it. I've got to read it. I've got to go from Genesis to Revelation. I've got to read it. I really want to. I've never done it. Um, and I've been so Christian for some years now. This isn't within the first year. And I thought, oh, really, what an achievement. I've never done that before. Let me see if I can do it. Well, I started off, started off with Genesis. Yeah, read that before. Happy, happy days. Moved into Exodus, all very familiar territory. I've read that before. The wheel nearly came off the wagon when I went into the, the books such as Leviticus. Struggled. Pressed on. I pressed on bit by bit. And over months and months, I got through all 66 books and I got to the end. Yes, done it. That's only me. I didn't get any ticks from God at this point. But I felt, yeah, I can say I've read the book and I've read it from cover to cover. Anyway, then we upped the ante because at this time, Pastor Jonathan had been spending some time with Pastor John Melindy. Uh, you may have heard of World Trumpet Mission. That's where we forged our relationship with Pastor Mark Daniel uh, back in those days. Well, anyway, Pastor John Melindy was saying, get the word of God in you. Get it, read it, read it. Yeah, but no, read it. And he was saying, 10 chapters a day. What? <laughs> what? Are you out of your mind? Five chapters minimum. Still, it's a big order. And I honestly can tell you, I thought back then, this isn't a tall order. This is, this is ridiculous. This is just reading for the sake of reading. But anyway, I thought, well, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be dutiful. I'll give it a go. And so I try to set greater time aside. Um, I always saw myself as a, as a Bible-reading sprinter, not a Bible-reading marathon runner, you know, because that's the way I'd done. And when I did, I started reading, and I, I started again, and, and there were some days where if you ever cross-examined me on what I'd read, I would have scored probably just a little bit higher than the Eurovision Song Contest UK entry to two points. <laughs> I didn't remember much of it. It was just volume. But do you know what? I realized after a time, my understanding of scripture was growing. Yeah, my knowledge, oh yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember that story, I know where that is in the Bible. But my understanding, I think, was actually improving, it was growing. Um, now, I'm not advocating that the only way to read the Bible is 10 chapters a day from cover to cover. It's not, and I don't always read the Bible that day. I'm always making my way through it, but I'm often going into different places in the Bible because of... Well, because we're going to study something in our group or whatever else. Or, or sometimes I like to think I am drawn. I'm led to read something out of, out of kilter with where I would be in the natural sort of reading from, from Genesis to Revelation. But anyway, that, that, so I'm saying don't, don't say, oh, he's only saying we've got to read it from that way. I'm not. But I do believe, and I want to underline, Scripture is God-breathed. It is God-breathed. And if we commit to this and we stop making excuses for ourselves, saying, well, I don't understand it, I don't think that part's relevant for me, uh, not to get into the meatier sections of the word, then we're doing ourselves an injustice. Why? Because God brings revelation in the strangest of places. 
He can speak to you in the strangest of books. You may think, don't go there, but God can speak. One thing I would um, also encourage you to do, read the Bible with others. Don't just do it in your own rooms. You know, don't just be in the comfort of your cozy sitting room or your bedroom. Read it with others. I'll tell you the reason why. We have groups, you know this, through the week. I have a group, there are other groups. Some meet in person, lots meet online. And we read the Bible together. And you'd be surprised, maybe you wouldn't, that there's so much that comes out of it. People throw in a, oh, can I just ask this? And then someone comes up with that. And then suddenly, really? I didn't think about it. There is suddenly all sorts of understanding that you get from reading together. I, have, I am guilty of saying, I understand that passage. I've got it boxed up. I've got it on a shelf. Mark, got it. Don't need to go back to that. We come to it in group. And I go, oh, my days. You know, I hadn't thought about it like that. So do read the Bible with others. And if you don't get in the habit of starting. Um, because I'd viewed, I'd viewed the Bible for many years as a textbook. I think that's appropriate and fair to say. I've looked at it as a textbook. I looked at it as a way of seeing how Israel developed as a nation. A yes, spiritual books, spiritual people, events and the likes. Yeah, of course, got that. Um, but a history book provoking and providing lots of relevant, but also lots of irrelevant information, I thought. That's my outlook. But I want to encourage you in this. If you want to commit to it, and I ask you, please do, then it is a great way of transformation and significant personal spiritual growth. It really does. I, I, I very much believe that when we come to the point of fully immersing ourselves in it and committing to it, that it will change our lives does change our lives. Life-changing things occur within you. Um, there are so many people out there, including in this church, that have so much Bible information and knowledge. That it's so impressive what they know, where to go, everything else. And sometimes we're daunted by that. Sometimes it's, I could never be like that. But listen, we're not asked to sit in examination. We're not asked to sit in examination. We're asked, we're invited to be transformed. And the transformation comes is when we open ourselves to the pages of this word and commit ourselves to it. It says, doesn't it, again, as Paul writes to Romans in 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve of what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, the scriptures shape us, they renew us, they speak to us. And I've talked to you this morning in part about my early experience as a, as a new Christian, as a young Christian, and, and a little bit along the way of what my experience with the Bible has been. Uh, and I thought, well, what can I leave with you? What can I say to you is the most pertinent thing, if you want? And that's, a, in a sense, that's a silly thing to try to do because the Bible speaks to us in so many ways, in so many different seasons of lives and what you're going through on different themes in different circumstances and situations. But I think the thing that I would say most of all is the ability of the word to change, change you. It is incredible as far as that concerned. I have, you have, I think I can say it with certainty, even if I don't know you that well. We have corrupt thinking. We have cynical thinking. We look at what the news puts to us. And it, as we look on to these things, maybe we've experienced some things in life that's not been pleasant. We have cynical worldly thinking. That needs to be purified. 
That needs to be touched. That needs to be blessed by the word of God. And it's the, the transforming way of the word. They often call it the washing of the word. And that's exactly what it does. It, it, it sort of brings us out of that worldly position and into a more godly, Jesus-shaped position. Because it enables me increasingly to think of what God thinks of me, who God is. It enables me to think about thoughts of life that are not my thoughts, but his thoughts. About my, his heart for people, not my heart for people, which is often not what it should be. Uh, and the list goes on and on. Um, but seeing things from God's perspective, not our own. That's what happens. That's what we get from reading the word. Uh, I, I, I'm still always taken aback that God doesn't do things our way. <laughs> you know this, but I'm always like, God, why do you do it like that? You know, he loves those that hate him and despise him. Why? Why, Lord? Why do you have this compassion on those that hate you and your love to see them come into faith in you? You know, he doesn't discard me or you as, look, I've given it a go. Clearly, they're not fit for purpose. Park those people, move on. No. No. Every time, even no matter how far or how long you've fallen apart, if we come back and if we're clothed in him, we are encouraged, we are restored, we are blessed. What about the practical things? What does the world say about wealth? Stash it away, build it up, get it stacked. Enjoy it. Keep it to yourself. Is that what God says? Nah. Share it. Give it away. Why? So that we can receive. Some teaching is that we get a double portion back and we're giving it away, but it's a way of investment because it comes back in. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't do that, and there are many instances I've seen that he has. But no, it's to invest in the kingdom. It's not here and now. You're investing in what's to come through what we do obediently here. The world tells me that my neighbor is someone who lives around me. All right, maybe in my room, maybe next door, but around me. The Bible says, no. That stranger that's walking past outside the front door, if I have engagement with him or her, that's my neighbor. And that includes people that I wouldn't opt ordinarily in the natural to spend any time with. But in Christ, in my calling, that's my neighbor. This is what the word of God tells me. This is what he's speaking to me about all the time. And he speaks to you about, I know. You know, as Christians, I tell you what I do. I put in a good shift. Oh, I'm going to church. Better put on the elders sort of mantle. Go in there. Be everything to everyone as best I can. Put on a good, good act. And then I get home and, really? Who am I fooling? Not God. That's for sure. The Bible causes me to change in the way that I need to change from here not just keep thinking here it's through the word it's through the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we read and inviting him to come and speak to us that we are sanctified that we are changed that we are encouraged that we are blessed that we are equipped that we go out that we can change and be somehow some way in the life of Jesus it's possible and it's all through this word the renewing word of God, applicable for every generation, in the here and the now, in today, tomorrow. And I am staggered at the way in which my thinking and understanding is mellowed and changed as I immerse myself and give more and more time to these scriptures. Praise God every day that I have the ability to read. So I just want to say for my part in this series, don't ignore it. Please don't ignore it. 
embrace it, love it, cherish it, talk about it. Say, I don't understand this. Come and see this man. Don't talk. Come, don't come to me. <laughs> come and, and discuss things. But let it be. Feed your soul. Feed your spirit. It's a blessed word. And we were talking in group the other day. I really will finish with this. And, and we were saying, we were talking about, where were we? 1 Thessalonians. Paul had written the first letter to the, Thessalon- Thessal- uh, uh, to the church at Thessalonica. But he hadn't spent really any time with them. And look, I'm, I'm, I hear about you. I'm hearing good things. I'm going to write you this. Now remember this. Do this. Do this. What is it? Four or five chapters. Can't remember. There we are. Boom. And they are having to live their Christian lives on one letter. They haven't had two years of his teaching and preaching. They have received the faith of Jesus Christ and they're living on a letter. We have the full canon of Scripture. The full canon of Scripture. Are we without excuse? So really, be encouraged. Be blessed. It's a gorgeous word and it always speaks to me. And I know it will you too. So praise God. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.